Welcome to October 24th. My name is Bill, and you are here with Bible in a Year with Bill. Today, we're going to start another new book in the Old Testament. We're going to start the book of Ezekiel. Now, Ezekiel, living among the exiles in Babylon, wants the people to know that God is everywhere. He reminds them that worshipping false gods has brought about this cat catastrophe. He emphasizes the need for a new personal relationship with God, and he assures them that God wants a new covenant of peace with them. As we go through this book, let's think of the Prince of Peace who has come to give us eternal life in his name. Let's be sure to make our own personal commitment to Jesus Christ. So today we're going to read chapters 1 to 4 in Ezekiel, and then we're going to finish off today's reading with Isaiah chapter 35. So let's get right into it with the book of Ezekiel, chapter 1. When I was 30 years of age, I was living with the exiles on the Kibar River. On the fifth day of the fourth month, the sky opened up and I saw visions of God. It was the fifth day of the month in the fifth year of the exile of King Jehoiakim that God's word came to Ezekiel the priest, the son of Buzi, on the banks of the Kibar River in the country of Babylon. God's hand came upon him that day. I looked. I saw an immense dust storm coming from the north, an immense cloud with lightning flashing from it, a huge ball of fire glowing like bronze. Within the fire were what looked like four creatures vibrant with life. Each had the form of a human being, but each also had four faces and four wings. Their legs were as sturdy and straight as columns, but their feet were hoofed like those of a calf and sparkle, sparkled from the fire like burnished bronze. On all four sides under their wings they had human hands. All four had both faces and wings, with the wings touching one another. They turned neither one way nor the other. They went straight forward. Their faces looked like this. In front, a human face. On the right side, the face of a lion. On the left, the face of an ox. And in the back, the face of an eagle. So much for the faces. The wings were spread out with the tips of one pair touching the creature on either side. The other pair of wings covered its body. Each creature went straight ahead. Wherever the spirit went, they went. They didn't turn as they went. The four creatures looked like a blazing fire or like fiery torches. Tongues of fire shot back and forth between the creatures and out of the fire bolts of lightning. The creatures flashed back and forth like strikes of lightning. As I watched the four creatures, I saw something that looked like a wheel on the ground beside each of the four-faced creatures. This is what the wheel looked like. They were identical wheels, sparkling like diamonds in the sun. It looked like they were wheels within wheels, like a gyroscope. They went in any of the four directions they faced, but straight, not veering off. The rims were immense, circled with eyes. When the living creatures went, the wheels went. When the living creatures lifted off, the wheels lifted off. Wherever the spirit went, they went, the wheels sticking right with them. For the spirit of the living wheels was in, or the spirit of the living creatures was in the wheels. When the creatures went, the wheels went. When the creatures stopped, the wheels stopped. When the creatures lifted off, the wheels lifted off, because the spirit of the living creatures was in the wheels. 
Over the heads of the living creatures was something like a dome, shimmering like a sky full of cut glass, vaulted over their heads. Under the dome, one set of wings was extended toward the others, with another set of wings covering their bodies. When they moved, I heard their wings. It was like the roar of a great waterfall, like the voice of the strong God, like the noise of a battlefield. When they stopped, they folded their wings. And then, as they stood with folded wings, there was a voice from above the dome over their heads. Above the dome there was something that looked like a throne, sky blue like a sapphire, with a human-like figure towering above the throne. From what I could see, from the waist up, he looked like burnished bronze, and from the waist down like a blazing fire. Brightness everywhere, the way a rainbow springs out of the sky on a rainy day. That's what it was like. It turned out to be the glory of God. When I saw all this, I fell to my knees, my face to the ground. Then I heard a voice. Ezekiel chapter 2 It said, Son of man, stand up. I have something to say to you. The moment I heard the voice, the Spirit entered me and put me on my feet. As he spoke to me, I listened. He said, Son of man, I'm sending you to the family of Israel, a rebellious nation if there ever was one. They and their ancestors have fomented rebellion right up to the present. They're a hard case, these people to whom I'm sending you, hardened in their sin. Tell them this is the message of God, the Master. They are a defiant bunch. Whether or not they listen, at least they'll know that a prophet's been here. But don't be afraid of them, son of man, and don't be afraid of anything they say. Don't be afraid when living among them is like stepping on thorns or finding scorpions in your bed. Don't be afraid of their mean words or their hard looks. They're a bunch of rebels. Your job is to speak to them. Whether they listen is not your concern. They're hardened rebels. Only take care, son of man, that you don't rebel like these rebels. Open your mouth and eat what I give you. When I looked, he had his hand stretched out to me, and in the hand a book, a scroll. He unrolled the scroll. On both sides, front and back, were written lamentations and mourning and doom. Ezekiel chapter 3 He told me, Son of man, eat what you see. Eat this book. Then go and speak to the family of Israel. As I opened my mouth, he gave me the scroll to eat, saying, Son of man, eat this book that I am giving you. Make a full meal of it. So I ate it. It tasted so good, just like honey. Then he told me, Son of man, go to the family of Israel and speak my message. Look, I'm not sending you to a people who speak a hard-to-learn language with words you can hardly pronounce. If I had sent you to such people, their ears would have perked up and they would have listened immediately. But it won't work that way with the family of Israel. They won't listen to you because they won't listen to me. They are, as I said, a hard case, hardened in their sin. But I'll make you as hard in your way as they are in theirs. I'll make your face as hard as rock, harder than granite. Don't let them intimidate you. Don't be afraid of them, even though they're a bunch of rebels. Then he said, Son of man, get all these words that I'm giving you inside you. Listen to them obediently. Make them your own. And now go. Go to the exiles, your people, and speak. Tell them this is the message of God, the Master. Speak your peace, whether they listen or not. Then the Spirit picked me up 
Behind me I heard a great commotion. Blessed be the glory of God in his sanctuary. The wings of the living creatures beating against each other. The whirling wheels, the rumble of a great earthquake. The Spirit lifted me and took me away. I went bitterly and angrily. I didn't want to go. But God had me in his grip. I arrived among the exiles who lived near the Kabar River at Tel Aviv. I came to where they were living and sat there for seven days, appalled. At the end of the seven days, I received this message from God. Son of man, I've made you a watchman for the family of Israel. Whenever you hear me say something, warn them for me. If I say to the wicked, you are going to die, and you don't sound the alarm warning them that it's a matter of life and death, they will die, and it will be your fault. I'll hold you responsible. But if you warn the wicked, and they keep right on sinning anyway, they'll most certainly die for their sin. But you won't die. You'll have saved your life. And if the righteous turn back from living righteously and take up with evil when I step in and put them in a hard place they'll die. If you haven't warned them, they'll die because of their sins, and none of the right things they've done will count for anything, and I'll hold you responsible. But if you warn these righteous people not to sin and they listen to you, they'll live because they took the warning, and again you'll have saved your life. God grabbed me by the shoulder and said, get up, go out on the plane, I want to talk with you. So I got up and went out on the plane. I couldn't believe my eyes, the glory of God right there. It was like the glory I had seen at the Kabar River. I fell to the ground, prostrate. Then the Spirit entered me and put me on my feet. He said, go home and shut the door behind you. And then something odd. Son of man, they'll tie you hand and foot with ropes so you can't leave the house. I'll make your tongue stick to the roof of your mouth so you won't be able to talk and tell the people what they're doing wrong, even though they are a bunch of rebels. But then when the time is ripe, I'll free your tongue and you'll say, this is what God the master says. From then on, it's up to them. They can listen or not listen, whichever they like. They are a bunch of rebels. Ezekiel chapter 4 Now, son of man, take a brick and place it before you. Draw a picture of the city Jerusalem on it. Then make a model of a military siege against the brick. Build siege walls, construct a ramp, set up army camps, lay in battering ramps around it. Then get an iron skillet and place it upright between you and the city. An iron wall. Face the model. The city shall be under siege, and you shall be the besieger. This is a sign to the family of Israel. Next, lie on your left side and place the sin of the family of Israel on yourself. You will bear their sin for as many days as you lie on your side. The number of days you bear their sin will match the number of years of their sin. Namely, 390. For 390 days you will bear the sin of the family of Israel. Then after you have done this, turn over and lie down on your right side and bear the sin of the family of Judah. Your assignment this time is to lie there for 40 days, a day for each year of their sin. Look straight at the siege of Israel. Roll up your or the siege of Jerusalem. Roll up your sleeve. Shake your bare arm and preach against her. 
I will tie you up with ropes, tie you so you can't move or turn over until you have finished the days of the siege. Next, I want you to take wheat and barley, beans and lentils, dried millet and spelt, and mix them in a bowl to make a flatbread. This is your food ration for the 390 days you lie on your side. Measure out about half a pound for each day and eat it on schedule. Also measure out your daily ration of about a pint of water and drink it on schedule. Eat the bread as you would a muffin. Bake the muffins out in the open where everyone can see you using dried human dung for fuel. God said, this is what the people of Israel are going to do. Among the pagan nations where I will drive them, they will eat foods that are strictly taboo to a holy people. I said, God, my master, never. I've never contaminated myself with food like that. Since my youth, I've never eaten anything forbidden by law, nothing found dead or violated by wild animals. I've never taken a single bite of forbidden food. All right, he said, I'll let you bake your bread over cow dung instead of human dung. Then he said to me, Son of man, I'm going to cut off all food from Jerusalem. The people will live on starvation rations, worrying where the next meal's coming from, scrounging for the next drink of water. Famine conditions. People will look at one another, see nothing but skin and bones, and shake their heads. This is what sin does. And now let's finish today's reading with Isaiah chapter 35. Wilderness and desert will sing joyously. The badlands will celebrate and flower like the crocus in spring bursting into blossom, a symphony of song and color. Mountain glories of Lebanon, a gift. Awesome Carmel, stunning Sharon, gifts. God's resplendent glory fully on display. God awesome, God majestic. Energize the limp hands, strengthen the rubbery knees. Tell fearful souls, courage, take heart. God is here, right here, on his way to put things right and redress all wrongs. He's on his way, he'll save you. Blind eyes will be opened, deaf ears unstopped. Lame men and women will leap like deer. The voiceless break into song. Springs of water will burst out in the wilderness. Streams flow in the desert. Hot sands will become a cool oasis. Thirsty ground a splashing fountain. Even lowly jackals will have water to drink. And barren grasslands flourish richly. There will be a highway called the Holy Road. No one rude or rebellious is permitted on this road. It is for God's people exclusively. Impossible to get lost on this road. Not even fools can get lost on it. No lions on this road. No dangerous wild animals. Nothing and no one dangerous or threatening. Only the redeemed will walk on it. The people God has ransomed will come back on this road. They'll sing as they make their way home to Zion. Unfading halos of joy encircling their heads, welcomed home with gifts of joy and gladness as all sorrows and sighs scurry into the night. And so, Lord, Lord God who is here, right here on your way to put things right and redress all wrongs, Lord, I pray, that you would bless this reading today. Thank you for this reading. 
And thank you, Lord, for this message paraphrase of your word. And thank you, my friends, for joining me again today on day 295. I hope to see you tomorrow. Take care now.